Hello everyone, Mike Stokes, Wild Alive Education. Today I'd like to talk about the key to long-term thriving. Uh, and it's one key. There's always multiple keys. There's never one silver bullet. There's always uh, a thousand golden BBs. So the key to long-term, or one of the biggest keys, or the unarguably the, the key that will never change is um, to strive balance, to strive for balance in whatever area you're currently working on. So in health, you know, in yoga, the Hatha Yoga means sun and moon, and the idea is that you are balancing the opposites. Um, it's the same thing as the, the Taoist principle of the yin and the yang. You're balancing the masculine with the feminine, the light with the dark, um, in a way that uh, acknowledges that the center of dark is in the light, and the center of the light is in the dark. And the challenging part for most of us is for most people is that balance um, requires thought it requires mental energy it requires questions it requires you to um, open your mind to the possibility that other perspectives might be correct so for example if you're a hardcore republican or a hardcore democrat or hardcore conservative or liberal Balance would be trying to find the wisdom in the other side's approach. That's not to say that you just accept falsehoods and things that are untrue because the other side repeats them over and over again. But it is to say that you must, if you are really committed to long-term thriving and vitality. Uh, and when I say long-term, I really mean past our own life. Uh, you can kind of get away with being an extremist in one lifetime, uh, with being uh, all one side. Um, but eventually, uh, that extremism and lack of balance will destroy whatever uh, was created. Um, so, for example, if we look to a thriving ecosystem, like an old growth forest or an old, uh, old desert ecosystem or an old plains ecosystem, one that's been around for thousands or hundreds of thousands of years, there is always a state of balance that is achieved between the various species and individuals within that community. So, Balance is a law of nature. It's not negotiable. Um, we all play our role within that. And, and you, you can be an individual extremist um, and be balanced by another individual extremist. And then the two of you um, sort of cancel each other out. And that's definitely one way to live your life. Um, not a way that I'm going to recommend um, because it's raw, it's fraught with um, illusion and, and pain. I mean, all, all life has pain in it, not necessarily suffering, but all life has pain. Um, but uh, 
extremists are um, just incredibly destructive. They hurt so many people and things. Um, and here's the rub. Like, if you are in a place where all you see of your enemies um, are their bad qualities, then guess what? You've fallen into an extreme mental position. There's, you know, I mean, there are psychotics and there are uh, people who have, they just are unable to let anybody else's perspective in or unable to see the other. And, and, and that's really true. And we need to protect ourselves from those people. But at the same time, there's a dance and an interplay between, between cultures, uh, between people, between conservatives and liberals, um, between being productive and relaxing, um, between life and work, uh, between the various systems of the body, between strength and flexibility. Uh, that's always, it's always true. And this is, um, I say this with much um, caution. Um, almost always, when someone uses the word always, they're off base. They've drifted into an ideology. So, but I, I can't say it's always true. What I can say is that it's almost always true that a state of balance is healthier than a state of extreme. Um, sometimes throughout history, and, and now's one of those times, there are certain things that we need to be extreme about. Um, for example, uh, the mass extinctions and the mass extinction of biodiversity on planet Earth will have ramifications for all life on Earth for years to come. Uh, not for all life on Earth, I mean, it will for all life on Earth, but for us, because we're the ones who've taken for granted the beautiful Garden of Eden that we inherited, um, and now it's being destroyed before our very eyes, and we're not even noticing because it's so far away or in uh, another country, uh, but uh, the the rate of extinction, the mass extinction of all the beautiful biodiversity on Earth uh, is staggering. Um, and that is, we need to be extreme when it comes to solving that problem, and mainly for future generations. It's always a big challenge when you're trying to make a change in your personal life or on a societal realm, um, how much to react. Um, because if you react really strongly, then you could create equal and opposite problems. So I think one of the best ways to approach, or I'm just, I'm just exploring this idea right now. So this, the, we should always be striving for a state of balance, you know, um, a state in which, uh, our mind is balanced, our emotions are balanced. Now that doesn't mean that you're going to jettison passion and joy and, um, extreme emotions. Um, maybe in some cases it'd be appropriate, uh, especially if you're mentally ill. Um, you know, a lot of people who, uh, have incredible passion are also incredibly, uh, dysfunctional. Um, I think that enhancing your passion while at the same time tempering it. So there's always a double-edged sword 
in personal growth and in uh, wisdom traditions, when you gain something, you lose something else. And, and we don't like to talk about that in our modern day culture. We like to pretend that we can have everything. Uh, and, and we simply can't. Um, and the more we pretend that we can have everything, the more we uh, just destroy the world around us in subtle subconscious ways. So for example, right now there's, um, there is in the United States, a whole culture of people that are more interested in self-preservation and, and almost everyone is interested in self-preservation, but the, we used to have a civic conversation in which we were to really try to find the truth of things. And now what happens is there is a narrative that is begun uh, and that narrative then is carried uh, and then everything, the confirmation bias of that narrative continues through. So there is this whole, there's a conscious and unconscious element of media today, um, which self-promotes narratives that are uh, frankly ludicrous. Um, you know, there's the flat earth movement is a great example of uh, movements uh, that have gained steam in recent years because the narrative is self-perpetuating. Um, you know, this idea that somehow we don't have to seek the truth, that all we have to do is uh, go to the same sources and listen to what they say. So getting to balance actually requires you to confront where you're disconnected from the nature of reality because reality and nature are, they are balance. Um, and we as humans are incredibly delusional and, and that's, I guess, one of the most important things in learning to thrive for the long term, learning to be someone who can be a force for good, for long term good, and learning how to hold your um, self in a way that's a force for good and a healthy force in your life and with your people and with all people. Um, you have to confront where you lack the you you lack the analytical skills and good information. So here's the real important part of this conversation. Balance is a, is a wisdom state. Uh, you know, the, the Buddha in his, uh, in the writings that we have from the time of the Buddha talks about that state, uh, of balance as an enlightened state. It's where you're, you're in the middle path and, you are uh, sort of in the image of a wheel where you're not at the rim of the wheel sort of attached to the circumstances of winning or losing or up and down. And, um, but you're at the center of the wheel. Um, I, I'm going to say this in a weird way. Uh, I think that as Americans or as Westerners, um, I don't even think it's Americans or Westerners. Let me take that back. I think that most of us want, almost all of us, want to experience the elation of the joys of our life. 
Um, and, and, and the weird way we also want to experience the, the drama and the trauma of the bad things in our life. The thing that we need to do is temper that experience with a wisdom of letting go. So it's kind of like grieving, right? If you're grieving the loss of your father, your mother, your wife, your child, you need to grieve. You need to experience the depth of those emotions and let them wash entirely through your body, your mind, your heart. But then you need to let it go. And if you hold on to it, then you become psychotic. Uh, and, you know, novels and books and stories and movies are written about those psychotic characters and we kind of idealize them. Um, and it's fine for a story, but if you really want to live and have a productive, beautiful, happy life that is healthy for you and healthy for the planet, you have to let go of your attachment to either the joy of winning. Uh, let, me say, let's, let me say that in a different way. You can embrace the joy of winning. Uh, but at the same time, let go your attachment to it. So you have to be willing to fail 10,000 times and enjoy the one success for 10,000 failures. So you have to have a detachment from that joy in order to truly be a success. Um, and you have to have a detachment from that failure. Now, that detachment doesn't mean that you're numb. It means simply that you let the intensity of the emotions wash through you and focus again on your mission. And that is a state of balance. It's a balanced mind. It's only a balanced mind that can do that. If you see someone who's constantly on the edge of their emotions all the time, um, they can't really get anything done unless they're confined in a structure. And I think we often see that uh, someone who's on a team or someone who's in a family unit that's super domineering or someone that's in some sort of um, corporate structure, their emotional volatility is contained by the structure. But you take them out of that structure, they lose their job and they completely fall to pieces. So I think it's a wiser path to cultivate that within you, the ability to, um, you know, drive towards your vision with passion and desire, while at the same time accepting the losses and the failures and the defeats along the way without trying to blame others on the problem. Um, I have to say this because it struck me so hard. Um, I was recently watching a South Park episode and Cartman uh, is, you know, if you don't know South Park, Cartman is the self-centered narcissist of the show and it's kind of what's centered around all of his bad actions and how the rest of the characters deal with it. He gets a girlfriend um, Heidi, I think is the girlfriend. And at first she just forgives all of his behavior. And then, uh, throughout the different episodes, she becomes him, becomes just like him, fights him. And then, uh, finally has an epiphany in the end. And in the end, uh, the little story, they always tell a little moral about it. Um, Kyle tells a story, the other character, Kyle, who's always telling the moral stories says, you know, if you, if you're like Cartman, and you always see yourself the victim, then you can justify any behavior. And that's what Cartman does. And we all can see it in a cartoon character outside of ourselves. But what we can't see is where we're playing the victim in our own lives. I have plenty of family. Well, I have a few family members. Um, it's, it's actually one of my passions because 
I've seen some of my family members' lives be destroyed emotionally because all they know how to do is to play the victim. They're constantly blaming somebody else or some other circumstance, usually somebody else or some other circumstance for what's painful in their life and never able to look at their own role in it. So if you are truly going to find this really healthy state of balance, it's an effective state too, where you can um, take on big things. Um, you know, we recently just raised $525,000 from nothing. We raised $525,000 from nothing because we were in no way limited by a conversation in our head, a narrative in our head uh, that said, we can't do this or it's somebody else's fault. We just stuck to it and failed and failed and failed until we reached that number. And we were actually only going for 450 and we raised 525. So the point of the story is that um, that balanced state is hand in glove with a state of not allowing yourself to believe that you are a victim of others. Now, there may be things, bad things that other people have done to you that's unexcusable behavior, but that's it. They do those things, and then how you react is your choice. And that's the rub right there. So this balanced state is incredibly linked to this idea of taking full personal responsibility for your life and taking that full personal responsibility in a way in which you acknowledge that you are an interconnected co-creator with everyone else in your life and all life forms that surround you and everyone else on earth. You know, we are, for lack of a better term, we are the earth. We are, um, you know, this dangerous, I've spoke before in other podcasts, this dangerous narrative that somehow we came to this planet from a from uh, God or the sky or from the aliens or whatever is, is really, really dangerous because what we need more than anything else right now is people to adopt a spiritual narrative that says, I am the earth. I came, I am the, uh, I and the um, amoebas and all the other beings are the same. We are brothers and sisters. The, the, the microbes, the fungi, the trees, down to the smallest mosquito, down to the largest elephant. We are all of the same family. And the earth is our mother. And, you know, that some people say, oh, that's hippy-dippy. It, it, sure, it can be called that. But what it really is, is it's the necessary narrative for us to stop destroying ourselves. Because every time biodiversity is lost, every time we contribute to the destruction of the ecosystems of planet Earth, we destroy a little part of ourselves. And what will happen if we don't go down this path in the right way is we will turn into some sort of techno AI bio hybrid. And, you know, I mean, that's probably where we're going. And it's unfortunate because I really like being a human with a spiritual connection to the life around me. Um, but that will slowly disappear. Just as in the, the, the story Star Wars where the, the men of the Empire become sucked up in the machine of the Empire and lose sight of their own humanity. That's in the face of all of us right now. And so this idea of finding balance 
is really a connection. It's a reversion back to nature, to the natural state. So if you look at um, more indigenous cultures, uh, they all had problems. You know, there was indigenous cultures were learning just like we're learning how to live in their environment. Um, but the longest lasting ones that survived for the longest periods of time in their sub-region ecosystems developed a spiritual and a physical relationship with their environment that saw their environment as sacred. So that is, in essence, the underpinning of what I'm talking about in this balanced um, life. If you want to be a force for good, if you want to be a healthy, wise force for good in your life and on the planet, you have to cultivate that interdependency between you and all life around you. And at the same time, protect yourself from those creatures, those social beings around you who will try to infect your consciousness with the opposite narrative because they are constantly trying to infect you with the opposite narrative. And the beauty of being human is that we are highly susceptible to narratives. So those narratives that say that we are separate from the earth, we are God-given stewards of the planet, um, all of those things that take us away from one of the, that say that there are chosen people versus not chosen people, that if you believe one thing, um, you're the center. If you believe another thing, you're not the center. All of those types of ideas or that technology is all we need to put our faith in or that um, some sort of ideology is all we need to put our faith in. Um, those, those narratives will infect you. Uh, and the problem is, is that we can't see it. It happens all the time. So in a way, you need to disassociate from those narratives and start associating with more balanced, positive narratives. And those are almost always. 99% of the time, those, in, 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 from my research, those narratives are aligned with nature. Those narratives are aligned with healthy living. Those narratives are aligned with the idea of all living things being interdependent and interconnected. Um, you know, the climate is really just a metaphor. Well, this is really good. I never thought about this before. The climate crisis, please tell people to stop calling it climate change. It is not a change. It is a massive, massive crisis. It is an immediate impending doom crisis that we must deal with. And the narratives that say otherwise are simply arguing for a short-term status quo and will change. Mark my words, their narrative will change as soon as their beach floods, as soon as their crops dry up, as soon as the evidence of this rapid change begins to occur, their narrative will turn. So the point of what I'm saying is that you must fight against the narrative that says that certain tribes are better than others, that certain, not certain ways of thinking, because certain ways of thinking are more accurate than others. It's hand in glove. At the same time you seek balance, you must seek truth. And truth will make you call into question cherished ideas and beliefs. You must check them at the door and look at the evidence. Ray Dalio uh, is hated by many, many conservatives. And one of the reasons he's hated by many conservatives is because he is committed to information to the, getting the best information. Now, he lives in a world where he large, he manages the largest hedge fund in the world and has been one of the most successful investors of all time, which conservatives love. And now they love to bash him for the very same ideas that brought him there. Those ideas are that I am not going to adopt an ideology. I'm going to get the smartest people in the room. 
and we're going to hash it out and we're going to leave our biases as best we can at the door. And once we get through that to the consensus of what the smartest people in this particular field say, then we're going to roll with that information. We're not going to just pick a narrative and then roll with that, which is what you see all over the place right now. So what we need right now is we need a wisdom culture, a wisdom culture, or, or we're duped. You know, there's just too many of us destroying the planet too fast. It worked fine. It worked fine when we were small little bands and there was more animals and plants than us and we weren't infecting the entire planet with our presence. But now that we are, we must turn to nature. We must turn to this state of balance. And, and it's I'm talking about it in a way that's, you know, saving life on earth, but I'm I'm more talking about saving life on earth as we know it. I'm more talking about your own personal life, not more equally talking about your own personal life. You will have success. You will have more joy. You will have more health. You will uh, eventually have more wealth um, in the long term. Wealth comes slower in a balanced approach than it does in an aggressive extreme approach. But you will have all those things for the long term. As long as you honor the fundamental law of balance in which different entities and all things are interconnected and balancing with each other all the time. It's incredibly complex. That's why most people don't do it. They move into a false simplicity for comfort rather than embracing the deep complexity of reality and nature. You must embrace the deep complexity as a God figure. That deep complexity cannot fully be understood, must be approached on a community level, and must be we must be united on a culture that reveres balance, that reveres nature, and that reveres long-term vitality. I hope that's been helpful, and if you enjoyed what I was saying or got a lot of value out of it, please subscribe, please hit the notification button, uh, and have a wonderful day.